we must not, you know, underestimate what impact looks like in different communities into different nonprofits. Every life that they change and, and provide value to is impact, is immeasurable impact. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSB Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Earlier this year, Microsoft recommitted to addressing racial injustice, inequity, and improving underrepresented groups. Microsoft not only walked, talked the talk, they actually walked the walk. So we're really excited about learning more about this. And they combated this through their NTA program, the Free Nonprofit Tech Association Program for Black and African-American Communities Program. We're pleased to have joining with us the Microsoft program leader for this particular division, Darrell Booker, a corporate affairs specialist to speak with us. Welcome to the Twins Talking Up podcast, Darrell. Thank you, Danny. And thank you, David. Excited to be here. From time to time, as David and I are speaking, we'll make sure we let our audience know who's not watching the YouTube series, but listening to the podcast, which twin is asking Darrell the question. Darrell also went to an HBCU. And if you don't know what HBCU is, it's a historically black college and university. Now, we often say that Howard University is the real HU. That's right. And that Hampton is our younger sibling, <laughs> our younger brother. However, Darrell would question otherwise. And if Hampton beat Howard University in football, and so we're going to have to wait till next year to get our bragging rights back. But we're so excited. Now, Darrell, out of all the places you could have went to for college, why did you choose an HBCU? And then, more importantly, why did you choose Hampton? Wow. Uh, it, it was, I, I fell in love and with, with the Black experience and the culture. I mean, as soon as I, you know, took a tour, walked the yard, uh, it just felt like home. Um, and for me, for someone that had, you know, grew up, uh, for the latter years of my middle and high school um, in predominantly white schools and uh, oftentimes being the only black in my class, I, you know, I, I truly was missing out on the camaraderie and, you know, and, and just the things that come with HBCU. So uh, born and raised in Richmond, Virginia. Um, so uh, Hampton was, you know, we have a few uh, in, we have one in Richmond and one down in Petersburg, um, but I kind of want to get just a little bit away from home. So just a, a short hour and 15 minutes was Hampton University. And like I said, once I toured it, I, I fell in love. It was it was done deal. All, all other offers I threw out the window. This is David Durrell. And I'm so glad that you did go to an HBCU and not nothing taken away from Hampton, an incredible university, incredible experience. We've had family that also attend Hampton University. But I want to follow what my twin asked you. When you went to Hampton University, and for the listeners out here that may not have ever attended an HBCU, give us overall your general experience with going to Hampton versus going to perhaps a PWI. 
Wow. I, I think for me growing up, and, and this I think is for everybody, you grow up and you, you know your community, you know your city, you know um, the type of people, you all talk the same, you all act the same, you all do the same things. Um, so for me, you know, going to Hampton, I was immediately exposed, you know, to, you know, my, my, my fellow Blacks, that were from all over the country and just opened my eyes to so much. I mean, I was hardcore East Coast rap until I went to Hampton and I fell in love with West Coast. So, uh, you know, just being exposed to different people and learning different parts of our culture. That's awesome. This is David again. And I love that. And for a lot of people that don't understand back early when we went to college, there was this East Coast versus West Coast rap. And are you a Tupac fan? Are you a Biggie fan? I mean, it was just so much going on there. So, and Dan and I are originally from Seattle and we went to school at Howard. So it's just a totally <laughs> different story. So you knew what we faced, but Darrell, I want to ask you this, as being a part of the nonprofit tech acceleration there at Microsoft, the NTA team, you're helping to create opportunities. You're opening up channels for the black and African-American communities at the NTA Microsoft focus here what are you doing in terms of helping those communities understand what Microsoft is going after? Can you help our audience to get a better picture of why Microsoft decided to get involved and what NTA is all about? Yeah, it's 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 all about, you know, we hear words like digital divide and, you know, inequities and things of that sort. And um, this is a, a very long-term and sustainable way that we can make a difference within the Black community. And we're doing that through those organizations that provide those valuable human and social services every day. You know, when you drive by and you see a homeless person and you wonder where they're getting care from, or, you know, through the pandemic, so many people had to turn to food banks to get food. Or as we honor, you know, National Suicide Prevention Month, you know, there's organizations that's providing, you know, a, a valuable mental health care. And who's doing that? That's our nonprofits. And, you know, for us to be able to, you know, uplift our Black community and provide all those empowerment and education and skilling and economic development and all those terms that we that we hear about, we need to make sure that those that are providing all those um, resources have everything that they need. So it's really about leveling those playing field with those Black-led nonprofits and Black-supporting nonprofits who, um, you know, are on the short end of the stick when it comes to receiving funding and resources. Darrell, this is Danny, and I really appreciate you bringing that up. It, it is so crucial that our audience understands that sometimes when you look and you see people, they're being supported by somebody else, and it's almost always going to be a nonprofit. And one of the great things that I love about your background and what you've done, and maybe you may not know this, you, you have a very technical background, and so, but yet you've taken that and bring, brought it over to the nonprofit space. And one of the great things I love about the NTA program you talked about is about providing the technical resources yes. to these nonprofits yes. so that they can have the ability to service the people better. Yes. You had made this quote where people need it the most, tech is absent. I love that quote. And I think you were giving a little bit of insight. Can you shed a little bit more into that quote? Because this is very powerful. I'm going to say it one more time. Where people need it most, tech is absent. That is a powerful quote. Can you expound upon that a little bit more? I mean, just think about our daily lives right now. Um, you can place an order with Amazon. Amazon knows what warehouse is coming from, what shelf is on. They know what robot is going to get it. Um, you know, you order a pizza now and in your app, you can see it when they're dropping the pepperonis on there. Like when we look at all parts of our personal life, tech is advancing at a rate to the point of, I didn't even know I needed it to do that. 
But we look when we look at you know our community-based organizations and things of that sort, it's not there. And you know, a lot of that I got, you know, in my past in child welfare. And you know, these organizations are basically doing all of this selfless work on with scraps and paper. And um, they don't even realize that, you know, how technology can help them. Um, because essentially no one wants to pour those resources into them. Like they, they're supposed to be we'll able to just right figure out how to do these things, and that's, that's just so wrong. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, Finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast, and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Well, this is Danny again, and I really appreciate you bringing that up and saying that. I, sometimes I don't even think about that as well. The pizza, you can see the pizza being made, and then it gets done, and you don't realize the technology behind it. And I love the fact that Insight it provides that for nonprofits who leverage technology in the right way, it will definitely increase the way they can benefit the community. And I'm so appreciative of what Microsoft has done and your leadership to make sure that these nonprofit associations can take advantage of that. So thank you very much for that. And can you provide one more insight on what type of technical assistance is made available through this program for these nonprofits? Because I don't think any of them probably have a, a computer science degree like you do from Hampton <laughs> University. So yeah. <laughs> break that down for us. Yeah, I'll, I'll break it down really quickly. So one is making sure they have all the enterprise technologies to run their organization. And, you know, some people just think we're Word, Excel, PowerPoint team, just so much more than that. Our philanthropies team has built, uh, you know, specific applications to support these nonprofits. We built them and, um, you know, for the Gates Foundation, the United Ways, the Salvation Army, the large humanitarian organization, these same tools I'm bringing to our non, our, you know, black led, black supporting nonprofits for free. So when we think of things like fundraising and volunteer management and case management, donor management, grant management, learning management platform, the list goes on. Everything that they need to either what I call get their house in order and, you know, uh, for their back office, but then also technology that extends down to who they serve. The other critical component is because of the inequities and disparities, they don't have an IT team, let alone an IT person. 
So um, stood up what we call a concierge team. And that, that, that name is there for a reason because I wanted the community to understand that we are truly there for them. So this is a, a engineers that we've staffed up across all of our products to actually help them implement, deploy, and use the technologies. And it's not a, you get one one hour phone call with us and then you, know, you gotta go. They can come back as more as much as they want to be able to make sure they're using their products. And then last but not least, we're not going to give them all this stuff and they don't know how to use it. So also unlimited virtual training for them and their entire staff on how to use the products. This is David Durrell, and that is amazing. It is, a, it is important to note that you're not just going to give them tools. You're not just going to say, here, here you go. You're actually going to work with them to understand what those tools are for. You're going to provide coaching and assistance as they're implementing these tools. And you're going to make sure that they're, they're putting them into right use so that those organizations can truly catch up, so to speak. Yes. I, I, truly, I truly feel your passion here. <laughs> and, and so I, I want to say this because for our listeners that are out there that may not understand, Microsoft is doing so much to uh, ensure that they're embracing the communities that they're serving. And this is why the Nonprofit Tech Acceleration Program was founded. And so with all that being said, Darrell, how much of an impact truly do you believe that this community focus is going to make towards not just the tech ecosystem becoming more diversified, but really making progress towards a more racially yes. balanced or more what we call racial equity yes uh here's the main reason why as we are you know providing this acceleration to nonprofits across this uh, country and just to give you you know some numbers uh we did a lot of work and uh we've defined about twenty five thousand nonprofits that are providing support in the black communities most in need um we're, we're a couple thousand into getting to those now but as we do this digital transformation and uplift these nonprofits so that they are more productive, efficient, collaborative, and we know that they're gonna have a higher impact on their mission, the true byproduct though, David, is now through them. They are now great partners all across the country that now through them, we can get so much of our STEM curriculum, everything under, you know, the, the, uh, all of our knowledge under the Microsoft house. When we think about career and professional development um, from LinkedIn, which a lot of people don't know or forget that that's Microsoft. Um, when we think about the new trend of game development in esports, we can pull all of our resources from Xbox. And we can actually now have the partners on the ground that are able to provide that training to those who they serve. So, you know, to answer your question, it will have a major impact. And I, the last thing I want to say on that is, you know, we must not underestimate what impact looks like in different communities into different nonprofits. It is not up to you and I to say if a nonprofit is now able to go and serve five kids a week to 10 kids a week, that that's not enough impact. Every life that they change and, and provide value to is impact, is immeasurable impact. So as long as we remember that and, you know, not in society get really caught up in numbers games and things of that sort and really keep, keep things human centered, you know, we'll really realize the impact that we're having with this program and any other initiatives. Darrell, this is David again. And I love that you said 
clearly we can't just look at the numbers. You can't just go, what are the KPIs? What are the metrics? We have to look at the stories behind the changes in the communities, the opportunities that are being presented. I love that. We've got to look at the human growth, the human success, the human experience, and not just look at those numbers. The numbers will reflect eventually. They will catch up. Yeah. But we've got to give them the opportunity through these tools. And I love that you said that. Um, I, I, I want to ask another question here regarding the program that you're running, regarding what you're trying to do for the communities out there. Can you talk about what technical debt is? <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> and why this might be important for black tech firms and black nonprofits. Yeah, a te technical debt is just essentially, you know, when you have, you know, this hodgepodge of tech, nothing's um, cohesive, nothing's talking like it's supposed to. And you ultimately end up being more uh, or less efficient than you think. Um, and this happens so often mainly because, um, you know, like I said, because of the lack of attention towards nonprofits, they're forced to kind of just, you know, piecemeal where they can. Oh, this person said they'll give us this. Or this person said they'll give us this. Or someone said this is great. And without having, you know, a, a strong foundation of tech, not having access to, you know, technical people to help them, they just have this spaghetti of, of tech. So what, you know, we try to do is to try to unwind all of that. I love getting to nonprofits from the very beginning that are still working on paper because essentially there's no, there's no debt to have to uh, unwind. Um, but, you know, we're in this time now where, you know, you need to have technical solutions, products and things of that sort that are really speaking to each other. Um, we need to be able to exchange data in an efficient way if we really want to provide the um, uh, quality care to the people we're serving. This is Danny, and I really appreciate you explaining to our audience what this technical debt is and how it's so much easier to work with nonprofits who are still doing things by paper and hand. Which yeah. is, but you think about it, wow, there are some nonprofits out there. Uh, I want to have an opportunity now for you to share a success story because I love the fact that you said there are 25,000 nonprofits identified that can assist and work with the uh, Black and African-American communities. But can you share a success story of a nonprofit that you've worked with, that you've been able to provide these technical resources from Microsoft that actually helped them, and then they were able to implement what you've been providing for them, but yet the community benefited overall? Can you provide a success story for us? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and to get into that success story, the one you know, piece of technology that is critical for all these nonprofits that none of them have is some form of a CRM, uh, which kind of ultimately leads to the, the nature of the work that they're doing, some form of case management. You know, how do you at least at your fingertips have information on all the people that you're serving? And then from there, have a system that you can effectively manage them as they're receiving your services. Um, so one of them is actually a Los Angeles-based organization. Um, it's called Educational Student Tours. Um, it's very timely that we're talking about college. Um, it was started, you know, many years ago to just do HBCU tours for West Coast kids, um, um, West Coast kids who are in foster care, and having them tour HBCUs. Over time, this organization has evolved, and now they're actually, be, you know, just uh, instead of giving tours, 
They're actually providing all of the, you know, mentoring and support. And they're now striving and they're getting kids to go to these HBCUs debt free. So they're working with them on getting their grades up, you know, applying for scholarships and getting them to school debt free. Uh, well, you know, it was started, you know, by this couple. Um, and again, one of those couples that's doing everything on paper, um, they, you know, they're, they're a bit older. So technology, you know, wasn't the first thing that came to their mind. Um, so we was able to work with them, implement that CRM. So now they can actually have all the information and then that case management tool. So now they can effectively, you know, um, en enroll their kids in the various programs that they have. Uh, like I said, track their progress. And it just makes it not only more efficient for them, but here's also the key. We're also now giving them the tools so they can do effective grant reporting. Every time they get grants from someone, everybody wants to know, well, what'd you do with it? Give me, the, give me those KPIs that we just talked about, right? So now they have the tool to do that. And then also it really gives them more information when they're applying for a grant. And then the last thing too, it allows them to really understand the impact that they have and pivot if they need to. So many nonprofits get up every day and do feel good work. It feels like I'm doing the right thing, but until you can actually look at the data, you won't really know if you're having kind of that impact that you think you're having. Darrell, this is David, and I love that you shared that. I've got a two-part question here. I'm going to ask you the first one here. And to follow up with that, what else is it going to take to truly affect this type of change? Because I love that Microsoft saying, look, let's be committed to helping our nonprofits. Let's get opportunities for these students who, that are interested in technology and support them as they go to universities, which, by the way, my son is an engineering student at Delaware State University. So, yes, you could throw money that way, too. But what else will it take to show that these technology firms can be committed to diversifying the tech ecosystems? What else can be done, you think, outside of the, let's say, the NTA programs that are out there? Uh, I'm going to say it real plainly. We need to keep that same energy for summer of 2020. That's one thing. Um, you know, for anybody out here that has the false impression that we've solved this, you know, it's crazy. Um, so how do we make, you know, these commitments, these funding that's available, how do we make them more long term? Um, the truth of the matter, if we look at, you know, our Black and African American population, um, there's been oppression for about 400 years now. So there's nothing that we could have done in the last two or three years that could actually change that. So that's number one. I think number two is, and this is something I'm really focused on, you know, those entities, those corporations that, you know, have the resources, whether the resources is funds, human capital, or whatever it is, uh, we all need to continue coming together. And that is something that, you know, is also, you know, a huge part of my job yep. is to find those up other corporations. Who are those other me's in these other corporations? And how can we come together like the Avengers and really solve this problem? Because every one of us can have something unique to bring to the table. And if we're not doing it in silos, then we can really have some holistic impact. This is David again, and I appreciate you sharing that because here's the second part to my question and why I wanted to set it up this way. And I love how you said the Avengers, let's assemble, we can all make this happen. But we know that from research, Darrell, that diversity and welcoming thought, different thinking, different backgrounds, different ethnicities 
in organizations, help organizations become more profitable, more productive. It actually will benefit the organization when they open up their arms and open up their ears. And Microsoft has been a leader in this shift. And you said, we got to keep that energy going. Um, what other insights can you provide for organizations that say, Dave or Darrell, I hear you. I, I agree with you. We can't just let this be a passing thought. We can't just let this be a phase in our country. How do we sustain this? How does NTA continue? And how do we get this going? Any other words of encouragement to try to get these organizations to say, let's do more? Yeah, uh, value lived experiences more. Too much in this country, it's all about, you know, what you look like on paper. How many degrees? How many letters behind your name? Uh, we all know that sometimes you can't even get in the door, get the proper interview unless you look good on paper. But truth of the matter is a lot of times those that look good on paper are not the best suited for, you know, all positions. We have to rely more on those that have that lived experience and can say, you know what, I'm coming from that community you're trying to serve. I face said thing. I've been there. I have a perspective that I don't care how many classes you took or how many research papers you wrote or whatever, you will never have the lens that I have. And I think companies have to value that much, much more. This is Dan. I'm going to jump in there now because Dave has been hogging you for quite a while. And now it's uh, my chance to ask you some questions. Uh, so earlier we talked about our audience that you have a technical background. You actually have a computer science degree from Hampton University. And we have a little insight that people can uh, be non-technical and work at Microsoft. So I have a two-part question. Part one is, how did you get excited and interested in technology? And which computer or PC did you start off with playing with? That's my first part question. First of all, you're going to have me tell my age when I answer that. <laughs> uh, but, but, I, but, I, but I tell everybody it was, it was you know, very haphazardly. Um, I, I lived in Richmond, Virginia, super hot and humid during the summertime. And, um, you know, my dad brought this thing home called a computer. It was a 286 something. So that, that tells you right there. And for me, you know, my friends would knock on the door, Darrell, come outside. And I'm like, no, it's too hot. I'll come outside about 7, 8 p.m because I was in the house on that computer thing. And I actually, you know, 100% self-taught. And the way I learned was I was scared of my dad. He was the type of person that whatever was his, his radio, whatever, don't touch it. Or if you touch it, it better be like how it was when he pulled up in the driveway at 4.30. So I'm on this computer and I'm doing DOS commands and I'm doing all these things. And in my mind, I'm screwing with it. So I got to learn how to put it back before he comes home. And that was the start. I mean, that could have been probably the age of 12, 13, 14, somewhere around there. My yeah. father and my twin brother and I, we first started playing with the Commodore 64. Ah, okay. And so we, you know, not to outdate ourselves as well, but it went back there. As, and I would tell you, my father was uh, always trying to get us the latest and greatest so that we can at least experience it. And that's what got me excited about engineering. So I actually went into Howard University for mechanical engineering and physics degrees, a double major. So I was really excited. And that's how I got started in the field of technology. Now, can you share with our audience and let them know that at Microsoft, you don't have to be a technical geek to work at that big tech giant. Uh, can you give them a little bit of insights and, and why they should apply at Microsoft and what kind of fields or roles you could actually do at Microsoft that's not technical? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I'm probably 
correct or really close. And we probably have more non-technical roles than technical. Um, I'll start with the most underlooked one, and it's a great entry-level job. Technical sales. I've got to believe we have more sellers than we do anything else. And the reason I say is entry-level, it is really great for those switching careers, especially if you're coming from some type of customer service and you're used to talking to people over the phone or in person, pleasant personality, et cetera. You know, we can train you up in about a week on, you know, the script, the spiel as it relates to the tech. But those are some uh, great jobs that we have all across the country, uh, all across the globe. Uh, but there's also, you know, tons of marketing roles. Um, you know, we have a finance department. We have a massive legal department. Um, each business group within Microsoft and kind of almost even divided within business groups, they're assigned their own lawyer. So if you think of how global we are, the number of products, the number of things that we have, everybody has their own individual lawyer. So, I mean, that's just a sneak peek. Of course, there's project manager type of roles, um, you know, graphic design roles. I mean, anything that you probably can think of, there's, there's some, um, you know, positions or some departments within Microsoft for those careers. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z.com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a particular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Darrell, this is David, and I love that you're pretty much putting out your pitch to the entire podcast verse <laughs> that they can go work at Microsoft. So you're, I know you're not recruiting, but that's what you're doing right now. Yeah. But it's important to note that you don't have to just be a student in IT or student in engineering to work for Microsoft. You could be in marketing, like Darrell said. You could be a business major. You could be any different background as long as you're able to interface with people and yeah. you're learning how to connect the dots of technology to help enhance communities, you can be a great candidate at Microsoft. So this is gonna be my question, Darrell, when you think about all the different leaders you have at Microsoft, all the different talent that's at Microsoft, from a leadership development perspective, how are you getting supported to help you with your growth professionally? Who are some of the leaders that you could point to at Microsoft maybe that are helping to mentor you? 
Yeah, it's 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 actually crazy to sit there. I'll take a step back. The 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 day I joined Microsoft, you know, I was even in, I, I was intimidated just a little bit from the standpoint of I had a false impression. I had a false impression, even though I was a geek nerd, had been using Microsoft products from out of the womb, and you know, felt like I knew everything. I truly thought that I was stepping into you know a role in a position where I was expected to know everything, and I couldn't ask for help. And immediately on day one, even when I came in in the technical role, I found out that the entire company is willing to help you, individual people, because everybody's passionate about what they're doing. And if you're working on a particular project that intersects with a product that they own, that person is so stoked to help you out to make you make sure you're successful. So that was something, you know, that, you know, I really, um, you know, on day one, um, I really appreciate. But, you know, there, there's definitely been a few people, uh, you know, my first manager, uh, Rochelle Eichner, she she always gave me some great advice. One of her great advice was, Darrell, um, you're, you're as good as the people that you have, you know, working for you. And what she meant by that was not necessarily people under me, but also basically saying, you have the ability to reach out to others and have, you know, these teams and have everybody come together. Um, and, and, you know, then, then a few other, uh, also uh, Justin Spellhall, he's the one that tapped me to um, start this particular initiative. And it was kind of uh, leadership training through osmosis with him, if that kind of makes sense. Him and I were in the trenches uh, for a few weeks back in June of 2020, as this was starting, and you know, just things that he was guiding me on, and that he was saying, you know, this is, you know, this is how you get people excited. This is how you hold people accountable. This is how you ask for help. This is how you present things. All of those small little intangibles that I picked up from him, um, you know, uh, has really, you know, helped me to grow and, and prosper over the years. This is Danny, and I'm glad you brought up those individuals, Darrell, because I believe that everybody, it doesn't matter who you are, you should be willing to go after mentorship and guidance. And all those fears that you had were just taken away. Yes. I love that. Yes. And what we see, I mean, you can go online, guys. You can go online. You can search. If you just type in Darrell's name and the word Microsoft, you'll see that he's been at conferences, roadshows, events, and every single opportunity he's in a nonprofit community. He's working hand-in-hand -hand with the Black Channel Partner Alliance as well, uh, something that is a very passion that I have. And Darrell's been there every single step of the way. So you'll see him everywhere. And don't worry. He'll be at these roadshows. He will, he will find you. And if you don't hear from him, just go online. And you'll see there'll be some Black Girls Code, some BCPA event, or any nonprofit event. And guess what? He will be there, which is phenomenal. Uh, I want to ask this uh, a couple more questions. You talked about your background, about being in computer science. You spoke about the mentorship that you have received. You spoke about your passion for the nonprofit community. How, how do you keep yourself sane when you have so many things going on in your life? What is the thing that you do to kind of sit back and unwind a little bit? Wow. Um, so we're, we're, we're in football season now. So I have that to look for. <laughs> Me and my sorry Dallas Cowboys that I root for. I'm so. with you. I'm with <laughs> you. Yeah, I'm with you. I hope that gets back soon, but I'm with you, bro. Yeah. So that, um, you know, I'm also very much a gadget geek, i.e. I'm tech, you know, um, I, I, I fell in love with photography. Um, uh, so, you know, kind of do that as a professional hobby, as I call it. So, uh, I've walked many of cities around the country or, or out of the country, just me and my camera, just taking pictures of landscapes and sunsets. 
um, that puts me in a different space. Um, also flying drones. I got drones. It's very similar. You know, those, those are the kind of things that just, you know, really allows me to, you know, escape as well as the gym. That's, uh, that's, that's also my getaway, but I also do my best thinking on the treadmill. So, uh, it's, it, that's kind of a twofer. Awesome. I love that. And audience, listen, you can be going hundred miles an hour, going after your passion, going after your dreams and making them into reality. But don't forget to unwind or you will burn out. I know many people who have burnt out. I know many people who have said, I just can't do it anymore. The photography, that is phenomenal. I would never in my wildest ideas of dreams think that you were a photographer. That is amazing. And then you also brought up the fact that you do drones. I've, I've tried the drones. Uh, listen, it's just that I'm just not good at it. I, I just not good at it. I mean, the, 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 you know, the, all the axes up, down, left, right, forward, backwards. Hey, listen, my 11 year old daughter, she's great at the drone, but me, I'm just not good at it. So thank you for letting our audience know. And we want to encourage everybody as you go after your dreams, Make sure you go after your passion. And that's what Darrell did. He took technology, his background. He's giving back to the community. He's serving the community through the technology. He has a mentor and a coach that he has that has helped him to excel in his career at Microsoft. And then he also unwinds a little bit by making sure he goes after his photography, goes after flying drones. And then his best thinking, the out-of-the-box thinking, when he's not really working hard, is on the treadmill. So I want to encourage the audience to make sure you do that. Uh, also, want to tell you if you're a nonprofit and you want to take advantage of what Darrell and the Microsoft NTA team has make sure you go to aka.ms backslash Microsoft communities and make sure you fill out the form online do not allow your nonprofit community to be left behind take advantage of the great resource look Darrell said it's not a one hour and you're done you have the technical resource you need to get you up and running, and he would love to help you. Yeah. Look, even if you're in the dark ages, he loves that. If you're doing yeah. everything by paper and pen, he will help you, which is so exciting. And one of the things I also want to say is that to learn more about Darrell and the work that he's doing, go to aka.ms backslash NTA. And from there, you can find out. It's like, where's Waldo? Because he's somewhere. <laughs> You'll find him somewhere, and you'll see him. Darrell, before we close, I want to ask you one last question. Okay. Where are you going to be next? Because people want to get a hold of you. People want to find out where you're at. Where are you going to be next? Wow. Uh, I mean, everywhere. I'm just thinking about next week. Um, there is a, a big nonprofit tech conference in Denver, Colorado called Tech Forward. Um, so about, I'll be speaking there on the main stage. Um, then I'm off to Cleveland. Um, doing some things um, as a part of the Greater Cleveland Film Festival and how uh, working with some of the nonprofits that are, you know, the innovative ways that they're using tech and mixed reality as it relates to uh, filmmaking. Um, and then it, it goes on and on from there. Um, we're uh, participating in a really big church and technology summit uh, in Phoenix, Arizona in a couple of weeks. Um, so the list goes on and on. So a lot of people tell me, where do you reside? I say American Airlines. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, got, got to keep this momentum going, um, you know, you know, sometimes it feel like that window of opportunity is closing. Um, so, you know, I definitely try to balance those things to keep my, you know, my mental sanity because, you know, I could get burnt out, but I also know, you know, time, time is of the essence here. Awesome. We're so grateful to have you on our Twins Talking Up podcast. We look forward to having you on again 
as we hear you give us more updates, status reports. And of course, we want to let people know if you're trying to get a hold of Drill, you can find him on LinkedIn. He's everywhere. You can find him online. But you also want to encourage everybody look, not only is he part of this leadership group who's giving back to the community, but we are encouraging everybody go after your passions, leverage yep. your passions to make your community better. And if you can, if there's a nonprofit that you saw that you're working with that, that you see, and if they're not working with Microsoft, have them apply online because Darrell or a member of his team will reach out to them. And hopefully all communities can be lifted up together. All communities can make the community better. And at the end of the day, when the communities are thriving, the communities are doing better, your life will be better. So on behalf of my identical twin brother, David Sue Brown and myself, Darrell, we want to welcome you. But yes. we also want to thank you for coming on and spending your precious time with us on the Twins Talking Up podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSP Leadership and visit us online at dspleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.